With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you kindly. And you can hear by the accent. A lot of times, whether it's YouTube, have you ever had a technical issue with YouTube and tried to communicate with Google? Yeah. Often you're going outside of the country, outside of your community, um, outside of the nation um, in terms of who you're going to be speaking to um, at any given point in time. And it's not always easy um, to connect with these platforms when there's a real question that needs to be answered, when there's a real technical issue that needs to be um, addressed. So again, um, and I'm not going to keep saying it over and over, I'm grateful for your attendance. I'm grateful for your uh, patience, even through the technical glitches that we often have had over the years. I'm honored and grateful for another decade, another season, another dispensation, for indeed, we didn't just move into a, another year. We didn't just move into a regular old another decade. 2020 is a power number. 2020 is also astrologically a powerful time in the world, in the universe, in terms of the transformation of energy. And today, in the ritual calendar of things, for those of you who, who are informed, we acknowledge the powers of lightning and wind and thunder and transformation and rain and things that happen suddenly, sometimes immediately, sometimes out of the blue, sometimes without any warning, that bring about change, that bring about transition. Where are you in the ritual cycle of things? Where are you in the spiritual cycle of things? Where are you in the cosmic cycle of things? There's so much going on that's so much bigger than our small concerns. There's so much bigger than our petty stuff and our ego stuff and our fleshly stuff. There's so much bigger things going on. And there's a doorway open right now, a portal open right now that allows us to have access to power and spirit for the purpose of transformation. And understand when you pray for transformation, when you agree to transformation, when you ask for transformation, it's not always easy, not always comfortable. It, it doesn't always fit into our, our comfort zone, if you will. And it requires us stepping out of ourselves. It requires us suspending those little guards that we have put up around our, our mind and our consciousness and our energy in our space that, that are there to protect us from rogue energy, albeit direct energy. But there are times in spirit growth that we have to suspend that immediate, I know, I know, I understand, I got it. I'm already there, I'm already operating, and humble ourselves to what we don't know. Humble ourselves to not only what we don't know, but to greater levels. There are multiple levels in this. There's no such thing as I'm, I'm there now and let me coast. There's no such thing as I'm there now and let me, and all things are just going to be roses and, and sweet. And absolute Oshun positivity. There's there's no such thing. 
in a world, in a globe, in a universe in, in, that's continually in motion, that's continually in cycle, that's continually moving from one season to the next, one dispensation to the next. And as we grow in spirit, we like to believe as we grow in spirit, we become more godlike, we become more goddesslike. We then are connected to nature, to the universe, to the cycles and processes of things. But for those of us, a great deal of my listeners live in the U.S. and the U.K., for those of us who are living in the West and in Canada, we don't have time unless you make time. And you have to sacrifice sometimes to make time. Ain't that right, Davida? Sometimes you have to sacrifice to make time for spirit. And spirit is organic. We can plan. We can prepare. We can have all of our ducks in a row. We can do what we can as a human being in, in a clay body in this earth plane dimensional space. But then spirit does as it will. And spirit, not only, uh, you know, we see it as this great superpower, this great abundant, uh, bigger than Ashe, bigger than, you know, the most glorious hallelujah that you could come up with, but it's also deep, deep, deep embedded in our experience, both light and dark. And when we look at the condition, the position of the moon, today, those of you who are paying attention to the moon, this Friday, January 3rd, 2020, the moon is in a first quarter phase, and this phase occurs roughly seven days after the new moon, the darkest, you know, point uh, in terms of our visibility of the moon, the, the earth is blocking the sunlight so that we can't see the moon clearly during, during new moon. So seven days after the new moon, when the moon is in one quarter of the way through its orbit around the earth, exactly half the moon will be illuminated and half the moon will be dark. That's where we are right now. And on the day of the first quarter phase, the moon is high overhead at sunset and visible until midnight when it sets in the west. The first quarter phase is a one-day event, and in the following days enters a waxing gibbous phase, becoming more illuminated each day until the full quarter moon. So the moon is roughly 53% illumination right now, and we are, you know, maybe about a week or so out from the full moon, and so that 50-50 this is the time to work with your double terminators. This is the time to work with your, your, um, that's a double terminator has a point at, at both ends. This is the time to work with your twin. This is a double, double terminator <laughs> with a, with a twin. So this is the time to work with your stones like black tourmaline that don't necessarily have defined terminations are crystallized, absolutely crystallized in the body, but don't have a clear defined termination. This is the time to work with your your stones, your more denser stones, your agates and your Dalmatian quartz and your uh, sodalites 
and your uh, lapis lazuli and your uh, tiger eyes. This is the time to work with the 50-50 balance ratio. Sometimes we, some of us, become so so spiritual that we're disconnected from earth and earth life and earth activities and earth responsibilities. And sometimes we're so earthbound that we're only concerned with what we can see, hear, smell, taste, hold, spend money on, you know, purchase and buy and and more earth-based carnal uh, idea about what life is. So maybe you're not materialistic, but you're totally obsessed with your body and the gym, you know, and, and how you look and how you appear and, and, and what your physical state of being is, you must also give equal balanced energy to your mind, to your spirit, to your head, to your consciousness. What do you do when things aren't working for you? What do you do when everyone isn't on board? What do you do when things do not appear to be coming to fruition the way you think they should be, the way you prayed for them to be, the way you've enacted your original work for them to be. Where are you then? And this is the time to process through that. Just sit and process through that. My answer is I rely on the ancestors. I rely on the ancestors. From the first day that I found myself on the street as a teenager, I was calling on the ancestors. Walking from Washington, D.C., on my way to St. Louis, Missouri, I, I didn't even know what hitchhiking was at that point. I'm just walking and chanting and praying and calling on the ancestors, sleeping on the side of the road on the Ohio Turnpike, in the middle of the night, in, in, in April, on a foggy night, the clouds are literally on the highway. Trucks can't see me. Cars can't see me. But I'm just off the side of the road, walking, walking, fueled by anger, fueled by fear, fueled by resentment, fueled by, by desire for a better life, a new life, something better than what I had, than what I was experiencing. And I'm chanting the ancestors. And so this is not philosophy for me. This is not entertainment for me. This is not popular. And so I do it to elicit likes and, and, and elicit people to follow my channel and, and elicit people to support. That's not why I do this. I do this because it's my life. It's my reality. It's my vocation. I've tried it. I've proven it. People in my circle have tried it and have proven it. Others who are operating and acting within ATR in an authentic, organic way have tried it and have validated it. Your ancestors stand up in your blood. Your ancestors know what we need, know what we want, know what we desire, know what we've gone through. And now that they are in a different plane of dimension, now that they are on the other side, now that they've moved into the realm that we, we often uh, uh, attribute to God or heaven, 
we think that people somehow die and go immediately to heaven. And that's the case for some people who have done their work, who have moved beyond the cycles of reincarnation, who have moved beyond the cycles of having to come back and fix, repair, renew, who have moved beyond the, the, the things that keep us connected and grounded to Mother Father Earth. Indeed, there are those who pass away, who make their transition and are taken into the bosom of heaven. But there are those who are disgruntled, unsettled. Sometimes we call them ghosts. Sometimes we call them disembodied spirits. There are those who then move on to reincarnation, who then return in some form, some earth form, in order to fulfill something, to fix something, to repair something. And and like Tina Marie, deja vu, thank God I'm not coming back anymore. <laughs> My desire is to not have to repeat nature, is to not have to repeat earth, is to not have to be a part of the, 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 uh, the cycle, the repetitive cycle, of, of spirit and earth, earth and spirit, in order to bring balance, to bring truth, to bring renewal. So I'm more of a confrontationalist. I'd rather confront it. I'd rather know what it is. I'd rather you bring it right to me. I'd rather deal with it face-to-face and have the opportunity to move through fear, uh, uh, ignorance, the unknown, the lack of knowledge, and then overcome whatever that block is, whatever that lesson is. We often see these challenge points as negative without embracing the lesson. And that's why I say all is a blessing. I invite you, please, to thank you, uh, Kiona, to write your questions, comments, or requests in all capital letters so that I can see them, and if I miss them somehow, um, Keona Beloved will assist me in bringing my attention back to what I might be missing in a chat. Um, If you are listening to me now on Blog Talk Radio, you can dial 845-277-9143. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. It appears that Chad is working now in both platforms. Greetings, T. Warner. Greetings, Naughty Nina. Um, Greetings, anyone who I may have missed. Monica, um, the do, please uh, enjoy yourself. Participate. Aunt Mary's niece, thank you so much. Free to be me. Thank you, everyone, for being present. Type your questions in all capital letters in both platforms. Um, And then, of course, you can call 845-277-9143, and I'll answer your questions, comments, and requests directly here on air. By now, many of you have cleansed your houses and enjoyed your your black eyed peas and and your okra and and your root vegetables and, and many other items that we associate now with. New Year's and the coming into a new year. But remember, we are now going into this 2020. 
these double-digit power numbers, these two doves, if you will. And we see a progression, if you have been keeping up with the Mayan calendar in the 2012, and, and, and now we're indeed at 2020, which I believe is, is more true to 2012 than what we have previously envisioned. And so, as I said before, the, the doors are opening, the windows are opening, the, the, the time portals are opening, the gateways are opening for us to expand consciousness. And with that comes the things that we often seek in our earth-based carnal realities, the physical things, the prosperity, the, the health, the wellness, etc. But, but we're laying down now foundation for generations to come. We're laying down a foundation now for the next 300 years or more where people will be looking back to what we did, what we said, how we acted, and how that will then show up in the generations that will come behind us. It will show up in your children's children. It will show up with your grandchildren. It will show up with your nieces and nephews. It will show up with those who it's hard for us to envision right now Whatever your age is in this audience, it's often hard for us to envision life without us being a part of life. But I'm talking about what will happen after all of us have moved forward into the next, into the great beyond, that which we will have left. We hear stories about, you know, pollution and and the amount of plastic in our oceans and and in the oil. That, that we keep spilling into our into our oceans and the the lack of bees and, and the the uh, effect that this will eventually have on our food and our food production and now all the artificial stuff that we are eating and part of that is is to prepare us for a greater degree of artificial stuff that we will be eating because we won't have bees we won't have frogs we won't have uh, clean water. We won't have natural organic resources by which to uh, pull from. And indeed, when we look at alchemy and voodoo and and ritual work and and witchcraft and and spirit practices that that focus in on nature, we should be hypersensitive to this. We indeed should be the storehouses of herbs, of roots, of seeds healthy seeds of, of, of the germination of life so that it continues to move forward. Our reliance on botanicas and stores and retail shops and sellers for products that are often being sold to us primarily for the money as opposed to was it really prepared in the, in the environment of spirit with the hands that prepared it really operating in the environment of spirit was indeed spirit infused into the products that we now have become super reliant on in terms of the botanicas. And we are losing contact with nature. We are losing our connection to what's natural, to what's organic, to where these products come from, to what these products are really called, how they're truly named. We've talked about, you know, shifting games with your Rose of Jericho, you know, shifting games with your St. John the Conqueror Root. If you don't know what St. John the Conqueror Root is, 
or how it looks. If you don't know what your ginseng is or how it looks, you're over-reliant on the label, the bottle, the packaging. And, and, and marketers put a lot of energy on the packaging and the label, you know. And so we are distracted by too many elements from paying attention to nature. And voodoo is nature. Without nature, there is no voodoo. Voodoo is nature. And without voodoo, there is no fa. There is no ifa. There is no opportunity um, for life, for growth, for organic exchange to happen. If you have questions, comments, or requests, please do type them in all capitals in the chat so that I can see them and separate them. Thank you so much. Um, please, if I mispronounce your name, forgive me, Vance T. And she's asking, what is death like? Do we return to our ancestors? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I had an experience. Um, I want to say it was 1990, maybe, maybe 1991, maybe 1991, and I was in Pasadena, California, both me and my partner at the time, and I kept having this, you know, I was having, I was working with crystals and doing a great deal of ritual work and meditative work, specifically with stones and crystals, so some people like to know what was I reading. So I was reading um, Transcendental Meditation. Uh, the guy's name escapes me right now, but he has sort of like a Hindu, uh, India name, maybe Maharashi something. Uh, I can't quite remember the author. Uh, but it's easy to find. It's easy to Google. Um, when you Google Transcendental Meditation, a whole bunch of people trying to sell you classes and programs will pop up. You want to look for the transcendental, the original transcendental meditation book. And I want to say it was written in the 70s, the early 70s. I have a paper copy of it that had survived around the house here somewhere. And so I was reading that and also reading and studying crystal books at the same time. Um, crystal Revelations, Katrina Raphael. Uh, Love is in the Earth. Uh, I think her name is maybe Melody is her name. Um, really thick, unabridged crystal books that get into um, not just your more common, you know, crystals, but also um, stones and, and crystals, you know, that that people aren't commonly familiar with, that aren't a part of your, your usual um, crystal romance, <laughs> you know, people who've really gone into not just your new age. And, and this is my advice about crystals and stones. Don't just read the new age books and stuff. Don't just go into the new age stores. Uh, Van Swati, I'm still answering your question. But look at the uh, geology, geography. Go to museums that house crystals like the Natural Museum in the Smithsonian in, in Washington, D.C. Your crystals are going to be cheaper. They're going to be more organic. They're going to be considered specimens. And so um, 
I'm using these stones and I'm opening my third eye and I'm doing this work. Um, some of the work that I was doing was shrinking myself. You start with your imagination. Listen, you fake all things in your imagination until they take form. And because of how we look at imagination, creativity, fake, we don't often put this together in terms of how our minds work. Your imagination is a part of your spirit body, and it's there for a reason. So you shrink yourself down in your imagination to a small size, and you go into your body. And you look for conditions, you look for ailments, you look for things that are not right. And I came out of this meditation swearing something wasn't right in my body. No doctors, no hospitals, no diagnosis, no nothing. I, I just swore something wasn't right. And um, Vansois T, I, I got up in a panic. I was having an anxiety attack uh, after having coming out of this, this meditation. And I walked from where I was living in Pasadena, California, which at that time was, was not that far from Pasadena Mall, all the way to the hospital, um, which I believe was in Altadena. Uh, correct me, I could be wrong about the city. But it was the next city over. I had to walk, you know, a couple of miles, a few miles or, or whatever to get to this place. And I'm walking and walking for me is a natural meditative prayer-like trigger. Um, much throughout my life, um, Bansois, another meditative, transcendental meditative trick is I would walk or bike long distances, you know, get your heart rate up, get your body moving and active, and then your spirit is allowed to sort of free itself. So you can't do this on the city streets. You have to do this like in the country or on a well-defined bike trail, like in Denver, Colorado, has a well-defined bike trail. Chicago Lakefront has a well-defined bike trail, you know, and, and you can sort of allow your spirit to, to spin. And I remember these angels. I'm sure they were angels, not Orisha, not Aloha, not ancestors. And they came to me, just above me, and they said, listen, this is what death is. Listen. And I lifted up out of my body while I was walking. No pain, no feeling, no nothing. And my body just is doing what it does, but I'm out. And there's this freedom. There's this liberation. There's this detachment from earth concern, earth worries earth physical stuff but that spirit energy that's where we have to be careful that's where we have to be careful because the idea of fearing death death is like a transition into another body into another way of being to another state and so your energy without clay without form without the physicalness that we associate with life and with living from our human perspective. Understand nature has a completely different perspective. The animals, the birds, the bees, the, you know, the plants have a completely different perspective of life and death and birth and regeneration. Uh, just pretend you're a tree for, for a moment in your meditation. 
And the trees go through a sort of a life and death process every year, particularly if you live in the zones that have four seasons, that have spring, summer, winter, and fall. And so it's a transition, Vansois. It's like moving from one state of being to another. And you experience death every night, every day, when you close your eyes and you go into a sleep. And you close your eyes and you go into a deep meditation. And you reach that place where you forget your body, where you forget that you're alive or dead, that you forget your build, your hunger. You're in that deep, deep beta sleep consciousness place. We experience dead, death every day without the physical breakdown of the body, if you will. And some of you who are experiencing things like sleep apnea and your breathing is stopping and starting and, and, and not consistent, you're experiencing death every night, every night. And so the part that scares us, the part that pains us about death, Van Swat, is truly the part that lives beyond death, and that's how we live how we lived, how we treated people, known and unknown, how we acted when people saw us, how we acted when people weren't watching us, what our inner thoughts truly are, whether we were truly positive, whether we were truly negative, whether we were truly honest about our feelings about mother, father, sister, and brother, kin, neighbor, etc. That is indeed the part that is eternal. That is indeed the part that we carry with us into the next realm, in the next plane of, of awareness, into that next plane of, of, of existence. But the death itself, aside from what we experience in the physical, there's nothing to it. It's just a separation of spirit from, from the body, from the physical. I appreciate that question. That's a great question. Um, I can't say that I asked for that experience. You often hear me talk about asking for and creating and recreating experiences while you're in the meditative state, uh, but that death experience just sort of happened. Um, another death experience I had was in relation to someone else, um, my grandmother, my mother's mother, and I saw her death um, years Decades before it happened, um, around 1983, um, I, I was a teenage runaway. I'm now a ward of the state. I'm staying in the home of a good friend of my mother, a good friend of the family um, in the Washington, D.C. area. And I kept having these dreams that my grandmother was dead, that she was not that she had passed or was passing, that she was dead. And it kept bringing up just mourning, and I mourned, and I mourned, and I mourned. And shortly thereafter that, she began to develop Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's disease. Some of y'all say Alzheimer's disease, but it's Alzheimer's disease, uh, Alzheimer's disease, or even we used to say senility. Uh, we, sometimes we say dementia. Uh, and so many of us have seen that, have experienced that in our family. And uh, Vansois, to some degree, uh, 
that too is a form of of death where they are losing consciousness of time place the, the order of memories is out of order in a, in our consciousness when we're experiencing you know sort of that that alzheimer's uh disease uh, they don't remember what the family looks like they don't remember or they're only remembering you know from very specific time periods in their lives you know from childhood or adolescence or events in their 20s um and are not keeping up with present time space uh, time is relative to location position um, but it's also relative to consciousness it's also relative to to the health of our minds of our ori of our consciousness and our ability to sort of keep time to keep order there um, so alzheimer's shows us is a doorway into uh, certain aspects of our mind and our brain and our consciousness that we sort of conceptualize but don't often see uh, in real-world time um, manifest until we see conditions like dementia. Where's my mouse? Oh, dementia, um, uh, um, other forms of mental health that sort of break up that interdimensional, intra dimensional reality that we're all a part of, but somehow our brains and our bodies are wired to sort of keep us in, in this reality. But there's some of us who slip into those realities and some can't get out, some can't return, um, and some experience them in ways that um, bring imbalance. And do we return to our ancestors? Um, our ancestors, Vansois, meet and receive and, and embrace all of us in the death process. But it's not immediate. Um, if you are, as I was describing, if you are rooted to earth, if you are bound to your stuff, to your, you know, your gold, your silver, your diamonds, your car, your stuff, to your power, uh, to your prestige, to your fame, if you're rooted to that in a way that's out of balance, in a way that's not natural, you will linger as opposed to returning to your ancestors. Your ancestors will come to meet you, but they are now in an interdimensional space that you can't see, that you can't reach them because you're grounded to that stuff or that event. People who die tragically, for instance, who commit suicide, for instance, may not immediately return to the ancestors, though the ancestors will come. The ancestors will often come as a part of the warning. We don't often see it all in its full context. So various people who are around the event may see various aspects of the ancestors showing up. So your mama may have had a dream. Your brother may have seen something. But um, in a tragic event, they will show up. They will often be a part of the angels or the ancestors that will come to assist when there's some great calamity or, or, or tragedy. But again, if you're already, if your consciousness, if your head, if your mind is not prepared to enter spirit, and be detached from, released from earth 
and your earth calamities. Those of you who, those of us who worry, who worry a lot, who spend a lot of time thinking on earth-like stuff, are bound to earth-like stuff and conditions. So you will not then immediately be returned unto the ancestors. That then has to be processed. That then has to be cleaned. Some of us have people in our families who've done egregious things, egregious, egregious things, murder, child molestation, rape, just, just egregious things. Our idea of them returning now to the ancestors. Does that, does that change the nature of your question, Vince? Why? <laughs> so they have to be purged, cleansed, go through a process before we return and, and then reside with the ancestors or return and then reside in heaven, uh, if you will. So that's a, that's a great question. I, I hope I'm answering your questions. If I'm not, please respond to me in chat uh, so I can follow up in, in terms of answering your questions. Greeting, um, greetings, Alex. Lady Day of Summer, 8K. Uh, all of those who I may have missed, welcome, Queen Mother Goddess. Opulence, Ra, Netter, Hotepu. <laughs> Greetings, Mother. Mother Goddess has been with me, and I've been with her for, I guess, over a decade now. <laughs> since since uh, Yahoo 360 days. Uh, I take great honor and respect in Queen Mother Goddess, Opulence, Ra, Netter, and all that she's doing in her world. And in embracing spirit. Welcome so much to our live YouTube live broadcast. Uh, I transition, if you don't already know, from Blog Talk Radio. Even though I am broadcasting live right now on on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. People can still call in, and and God is mother. They change my. Block Talk Radio phone number to 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. So people can still call in and listen in and participate in chat in the Block Talk Radio platform, provided it's operating correctly. And Queen Mother Goddess Opulence Rod Netzer, that's how I ended up here. It was too many technical glitches. Um, and YouTube Live was just more popular. Um, and so now I'm here, and I try to do both platforms, both shows, uh, at the same time, in the same place, primarily on the same platform for which you are greatly familiar with, and that is Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. And so I welcome you. I welcome C.C. Reed, uh, Nubian Son, uh, uh, Grateful Alafia, Divine All Blessed, Alafia Bawoni. Thank you so much for being a part of this platform. I appreciate your questions, comments, and requests in all capital letters in the chat so that I can separate them from the general greetings and salutations. Aunt Mary's niece asked me to speak on the importance of the work and astrological charts during this master number year. This is important because and just in the way you word your question, Aunt Mary's niece, um, I know you already know what's happening. So I'm preaching to the choir. 
But for those of you who are still trying to figure out, you know, astrology and, and its importance, and, 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 and we're not talking about horoscopes, um, Aunt Mary's niece and myself. We're talking about real astrology. We're talking about astro energy and how that then affects the planet. Many of us have a very limited view of, of our life here. You know, it's Earth. And for many of us, it's primarily Earth. Uh, for some of us, we, we then acknowledge the sun energy and we acknowledge the moon energy. Um, we, we, we acknowledge the sun, you know, and we acknowledge the Earth. But we also need to acknowledge the moon, the various other planetary bodies in our system, um, and indeed dark matter. All of these things, when we look at the Mayans, the Aztecs, the ancient Egyptians, the Kemetics, um, Mesopotamia, all over the world, they're our earliest historic and archaeological footprints are about looking up, looking at the sky things on the ground that denote human awareness of things above, things of the sky. And so it's more than just astrology then, because then that understanding of how planetary bodies in the cosmos work and how there are certain time periods, certain things that only happen every 75 years, every 120 years, every 360 years, every 1,000 years, every 20,000 years, and there are doors that open. And for some of us who are alien enthusiasts, that enters the consciousness when we look at astrology. Are we looking at just the movement of bodies? Are we indeed looking at more? Are we indeed looking into our past? into our great mothers and our great fathers who then seeded life here on earth. For some of you, that's a new concept. That's a revolutionary concept. For, for some of you, that might be absurd. But the idea that we've been manipulated, that we've been interacting with, that we've you know, been influenced by something beyond humanity cannot be ignored. So astrology is bigger than horoscopes. It's bigger than, you know, your daily cup of coffee, cup of tea, and, and your newspaper website horoscope. It's really deeper and bigger than the moon and, and all of our moon rituals and all of our moon goddess, you know, celebration. It, it's bigger than that. So I appreciate Aunt Mary's niece and her question because um, – Astrology has always been a part of indigenous practice since the beginnings of time. So embedded, implied in her question is, you know, our ancestors and what did they do and how does that matter? How does voodoo matter, astrology matter, and then us operating this master number of, of 2020? And as I said earlier in the show, doorways are now open. Portals are now open for manifestation. Some of the work that people like Queen Mother Goddess, Opulence, Ron Netter, and many others in this group who, who've been doing Nubian Sun for, for years, some in cases decades, that is now beginning to come to fruition in 2020. 
in a profound master-like way. Uh, we're also seeing, and this brings me just a little bit of sadness, um, the transition of elders. Um, elders who teach, who preach, who, who administer, who drum, who teach culture, who who brought us African consciousness, who brought us Egyptian consciousness, who brought us Moorish and, and Hebrew consciousness, elders of these traditions who are now passing on, who are now making their transition. So this is bigger than the usual turning of the calendar, turning of the clock. Um, our, tra our transitions in technology, we're seeing major leaps, major transitions in, in technology now as we move forward and things that we've become accustomed to falling away, almost to some degree non-existent. Um, when's the last time you've seen a, a radio, a, a transistor radio or pocket radio? Uh, we've got these newfangled uh, USB gadgets. But, you know, flashlight, when's, when's the last time you've seen a, a battery-operated flashlight? There are a few that are still around, but they're falling away. And so we're, we're really moving through a new time, a new place, a new dispensation where a great deal of what we've grown accustomed to, what we've um, considered to be a part of our, our reality is now moving, changing, evolving. Um, greetings, um, greetings, Queen, Queen Yurokeshra. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Thank you for being in the chat with me on Blog Talk Radio. If you have a question, comment, or request, just type it in all capital letters so that I can see it, and I will absolutely um, respond to you uh, live now during the broadcast. Also, remember, you can call 845-277-9143. Press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I'll unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. So Aunt Mary's niece, the importance of astrology, and for those of you who are listening who, you know, never done your astrological chart, you know, that's available now online. And I'm not here to support any one particular source, but there are sources online now who provide that for free, um, your astrological chart, and it, they'll either have it, you know, posted up online, uh, or you can literally copy and paste it maybe and then print it out. So you can understand that your astrological chart is more than just your sun sign, but it's also that moment in time and space that you were born. I frequently ask people for their, you know, information, and I get names and the birth date and the year. And then when I say, well, were you born in the night or during the day? Most of y'all don't know. That's important. That's important. Um, and it should be on your birth certificate. That's very important in terms of where the planetary activity was at any given place and time uh, at your point of birth. Um, there's also uh, in your astrological chart, the movement of all the other planets um, and their activity um, and how that then affects your astrology. So there's a great deal that, that is used and should be used when people are, are supplying, you know, an astrological response to you. I'm uncomfortable even with the word horoscope altogether because it's been very uh, greatly um, 
it's the one thing that we all know most about astrology, and it's the one thing that's probably least connected to what astrology truly and indeed is. We don't know that the authors of these daily posted horoscopes have even looked at the charts, have even applied all the math that goes into coming up with that wording, with that paragraph, with that phrase, and, and, and to apply astrology individually is important. Um, Aunt Mary's um, niece probably already understands this. So looking at your individual chart, what shows up in your chart, and then applying that to what's happening now in this 2020. 2020 is about defense. I said I wasn't going to go here, especially live on air, but spirit does what it will. 2020 is about defense. It's about protection. It's about flight. It's about mobility. There will be calamities in 2020, unlike we've never seen before. There will be threats of of death and assassination um, that will affect our nation and the world in a way in 2020 that we've never seen before. There will be more drama. There will be more chaos. And, and, And some of you are already paranoid, hypersensitive, concerned about the government, concerned about your social media, concerned about all this technology and all this activity. And so you're in a state of preparation. And so prepare for your hurricanes, prepare for your winter storms, prepare for your weather-based calamities, but expect to see great societal change, great societal movement. And even at the individual level, ain't Mary's niece. 2020 will be in great change. Great change. Some of us are staying in position for safety, for comfort, heaven forbid, for familiarity, for it being all you know right now. You'll be forced out of that position, either by choice, by will, by decision to want movement, want change, or by force. 2020 is going to be about great flight, great movement, both figuratively and literally, positively, uh, uh, um, relatively in your real world, but also in a more uh, literal and figurative sense. Flight will be important. Being able to fly, being able to move instantly or in a hurriedly or quickly from your position will be real important in 2020. Your ability to adapt to change and transformation will be important in 2020. Uh, To look at astrology from a more personal level, I greatly appreciate your, your emails at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. We'll look at your astrological chart. If you've never had your astrological chart done, I can help you with your astrological charts, and then we can look at that and see how it applies to 2020 for you specifically. 
I appreciate your participation. I appreciate your love and your support. Um, I absolutely appreciate your questions, your comments, and your requests. Thank you so much, um, Aunt Mary's niece. Um, if I can answer the question for you further, uh, just hit me in the chat in all capitals. I invite you all to please type your questions, comments, requests in the chat in all capital letters so that I can see them and then I'll respond to them live here on the air. You can also call area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll be more than happy to respond to you live here on air. Thank you so much for your participation. Keona, thank you so much for your help. Um, yes, birth charts give us details and phrases, phases, and, and even a, uh, certain ages. Um, yeah, and that along with your ancestry work. Um, we often talk about ancestry work on this show and the importance of ancestry work. In any spirit path, in any spirit growth, in any spirit walk, if you are indeed trying to get in contact with yourself, trying to bring balance to yourself, and today, this first quarter moon is, is, is specific to today, is the opportunity to bring balance to self between your two realities that which you are desiring to become, that which is you are de destined to become, that which spirit has written for you to become versus that which we often operate in as a reaction to, as a response to life, your bills, the weather, the, the responses to life outside of, of, of what we orchestrate. And we spend a great deal of time fighting that, responding to that, building with that, and not acknowledging the wholeness of who we are as a person. And so over time, we become disconnected from ourselves, from our own reality, from our own truth, from our own goals, from our own spiritual pursuits. And so I invite you in this time to, you know, get your house clean. Get your New Year's house in order. Put down your ammonia. Smudge your house. Fumigate your frankincense and myrrh and your sage. You know, polish and clean your crystals. Get the dust off your shrine and really return to a place where we're listening, where we're healing, where we're doing the work, where we're growing spiritually. My participants in the uh, Zoe New Year's Eve festival events, um, I'm almost at a loss for words, as you can see. Uh, it was a very powerful experience. It's, a, it's an event that almost didn't happen. I was exhausted. And to some degree, I'm still exhausted um, from all the movies. You know, I started December with my house being fumigated for dry wood termites which means they had to throw a, a tarp over my entire house, and I had to stay in a hotel for several days. Um, and then I returned, and then you have to clean everything in your house. 
And then from there, one movie after another after another. And I mean being on set 14 and a half hours, 15 hours, plus your travel and your preparation, you know, 18-hour days, back-to-back in a row. A few times we did it at night, you know, so we worked all night. So I, you know, and I'm sewing and getting ready for Carnival Day, for uh, Mardi Gras Day. So um, I was already exhausted, already overwhelmed, already had so much, you know, um, on my plate. And um, uh, Keon, I didn't lost uh, the question I was responding to. Anyway, I had a lot on my plate um, already. So then coming into the New Year's Eve festival um, event, I keep saying festival, it's not a festival, it's an event. I hope that's not a Freudian slip. I hope the ancestors aren't trying to turn this into a festival Um, because it's a lot to do on New Year's Eve. And many people already have plans, have ideas already focused in on celebration and, and, and party and drinking for New Year's Eve. So I never know who's going to show up for my New Year's Eve Soul Festival. I also have participants, team members, people in my community who have aversion to New Year's, fireworks, gun, gun shooting, you know, falling bullets, and they will not come out on New Year's Eve. So I never know exactly who's going to show up for this annual um, uh, um, ritual on New Year's Eve. Um, so last minute, I start getting responses. You know, people will say in Facebook that they're going, that they have interest or that they're going to an event. And I never pay attention to that, not on my events or on your events, because people are fickle. And it's easy to click like, it's easy to follow, it's easy to add, it's easy to click I have an interest, it's easy to click I'm going. And the reality is who really shows up for these events. So I get calls and I get messages um, to film producers. I'm, I'm coming to your event. I'm to, one from New York, uh, another from, from Georgia. Then I get from, you know, people. Um, I'm, I'm driving or, or flying from Georgia to your event. Um, I had people show up who I didn't even know for the first time um, at the event. So it was totally organic. It was totally in spirit, and it was so powerful. Oh, my God, it was so powerful. Um, we did a cleansing. Uh, I washed people's feet. Um, we created grigris from you know, items that had already been charged and and utilized in ritual and, and, and of course the items that we charge um, and utilized in, in ritual. Uh, it was very powerful. We we did divination, performed divination. We heard from the spirits. We heard from Olu Damare. We heard from Malo Lisa. We heard from the ancestors. And we're now moving well into 2020. Um, understand New Year's Day is an organic it's not organic. It's an artificial uh, celebration. It's a, it's a part of our Greco-Roman calendar thing, Caesar's calendar. Um, the new year started at 
winter solstice. So we're we're well into greetings, Martha Martinez, divine all blessed new year. Uh, we're well into the new year. We're well into that energy um, and that power. So your December really is a demonstration of what your 2020 is going to look like. And if you're not happy with your December, we need to do some work. We need to look at the shells. We need to look at the palm nuts. We need to look at the cards. We need to find out what's happening and and address that for you. Uh, Kiona is talking about a prophecy that ran up your spine. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. Yes, I appreciate that. I appreciate people who connect to um, what's being said, what's being brought forward. Um, I hesitated. There were things that I wanted to say that I I still didn't say. Um, I never planned to do New Year resolutions and New Year prophecies and I find that to be a little bit corny. Um, I actually listened to uh, some psychic predictions on Coast to Coast AM uh, on radio in the last few nights. Um, so I'd never planned to do that. It sort of happened organically. Um, and through the website that I uh, read from, many of you are familiar with my uh, Psychic World site, Psychic World is where I um, do my per minute readings and consultations. I no longer work on Kasamba. I no longer work on Keen. I don't even think they might exist anymore. I no longer work on um, Keen. Psychic World is really the only um, site that I uh, that I read from now, and they asked us to produce. 2020 um, predictions. Um, They gave us a questionnaire for us to fill out. You know, I'm not exactly sure exactly what they're planning to do with it. Um, And even then, I had apprehensions about doing it. Not that I'm concerned about predictions that don't happen. Um, I'm concerned about predictions that do happen, and particularly when they're grave, particularly when they're not joyful when they're not happy and i see a great deal of darkness in 2020 Uh, i do Uh, for those who are operating in spirit you're going to have a great year we always have a great year Uh, but those who are not fully where they want to be where they believe they should be where spirit would have them to be you might find this to be a bit of a challenge 2020 and you're going to seek help. You're going to seek assistance. You're going to seek uh, uh, renewal. You're going to seek um, reciprocity (laughs) in some cases. I'm trying to pull up um, my profile as I often try to do when I'm live on air. I'm doing several things at one time. I still have not memorized my um, My psychicworld.com profile URL. And for some reason, I'm having problems right now with it. Uh, when I get it, I'll type it in. Um, Q 
Kiana when I find it. Vansois asks, and forgive me if I'm skipping any uh, questions. I don't think I am, but okay. Vansois asks, how important is it to honor and elevate our ancestors? And how do we go about doing this work? Um, Vansois, uh, I don't know if this is your first time listener, but um, I have two ways of answering that. Uh, the first is, that's a part of my work. That's a part of what I do um, every day. So I invite you to send an email request at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. Um, and I'll be more than happy to help you work on that on a more personal level. Um, generally speaking, and here on air, um, the importance of honoring and elevating our ancestors cannot be overstated. Um, without them, we would not have our being. Our literal being, our figurative being, our body literally comes from the activity, the life of those who came before us, our ancestors. But also a great deal of our mind and our memory and our consciousness, how we operate, how we think, um, some of our phobia, some of our taste uh, uh, um, likes. Uh, you might like spicy. You might like sweet. Um, these things come from, originate, generate from our our ancestors. And so the importance of honoring them, acknowledging them, um, cannot be overstated. In Haitian voodoo, we have what's called gede. And gede literally is a representative of our um, unsettled ancestors, those who don't rest in peace, those who have unresolved energy, unresolved issues that represent unresolved things um, within our family line and our bloodline. Even from a health perspective, if you aren't conscious of, of your bloodline, then, you know, you can run into problems in terms of health, uh, diabetes, blood pressure, um, cancers. Um, that's something that those who do go to the doctor, they ask you that every time you go, you know, fill in, update health information, your mother's side of the family, your father's side of the family, your siblings, you know, have they experienced anything unusual or, un, un, you know, or, or unordinary, you know, all those things are sort of documented. So the idea from a, um, from a um, spiritual perspective of how that works is important because we pass on our disgruntled ancestors. We pass on our angry ancestors. Some of you are angry, disgruntled, have your own things that you have concealed or pin up in your body, or pin up in your soul. Those things absolutely affect not just you, but your family and then everyone else on the planet. So I can't, the importance of honoring and elevating our ancestors enough. They are in your DNA. They are in your blood. They are your first line of defense. They are pushing you first and foremost to your goals. So the idea of, of honoring them, elevating them, placating them, keeping them alive, keeping them present, uh, we can't talk about that enough. Uh, in denial of them, we deny ourselves. 
in denial of your ancestors, you deny yourself, you deny your destiny, you deny your past, and therefore you deny your future. So I can't stress enough the importance. We do so by feeding them, pouring libation, acknowledging them. Um, We have ceremonial ritual that we do uh, to acknowledge our ancestors. You acknowledge your ancestors also by acknowledging your family, your living family, and not just the elders and the babies who are closest to the ancestors. Your elders are on their way to the realm. Your babies have just returned from the realm. And all of us who exist and live in the middle are are still in consistent contact with our ancestors, even if you're not conscious of it every single day. So we also acknowledge our ancestors by acknowledging humanity, by acknowledging humanity. And it's a question that I ask, that I pray, that I project out each and every day. Acknowledge my humanity. Acknowledge my humanity. We, we are spirit. We are God. We are so many things, but we're also human. We're also part of humanity. We all have needs, desires, wants, desire, love, need food, want to be a part of, of celebration during the season and time of celebration. And we live in a, a, a day and time where people are, are self-motivated. Me, myself and I, and that cuts you off from ancestral intervention. That cuts you off from ancestral communication. That cuts you off from your ancestors stepping in and having the ability to do the work to help further the causes that many of us deem so important. So we, we must honor them. We must feed them. We must placate them. We must pour libation to them. We must provide fire and illumination and, and all those things that we do ritually. And, and of course, you're welcome, um, Ben T, to send me a private email at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com, and I'll be more than happy to assist you with that um, further. Uh, sacred geometry, Nubian Sun is asking about sacred geometry. And that is our circles and our triangles and our squares and our rectangles and our our hexagram and uh, all the various math that shows up in in our lives and in our worlds. Geometry is math. And when we look at it from a more three-dimensional, four-dimensional organic perspective, uh, it's sort of the crystallization of math. So it takes one, like your one cell or your one molecule or your one atom, dividing, splitting, multiplying into into more, creating multiples, and then creating organisms, creating concepts, creating thought forms that we hold on to and hear to and respond to each and every day. The uh, triangle is a archetype. The square is now an archetype. Your five-pointed star, six-pointed star, seven-pointed star, eight-pointed star, you know, et cetera, are now archetypes in that they capsulize, contain, just like your DNA, 
a great deal of information that then is disseminated out or manifest out in our lives, both individually and collectively, um, in a way that's often powerful but ignored um, or, or only little understood by a small group of people um, in our culture, in our society, whether that's your Illuminati, whether that's your Masons, whether that's your secret society and your, your voodoo and your hoodoo and your, your comedic scientists. We all have pieces of that understanding Nubian science in terms of sacred geometry and how that then sets up, how that then manifests. Over the years, I've often referred to the myths in terms of thinking, creating, recreating, meditation, that realm, that space that you're mentally in when you're doing magic, when you're doing ritual when you're doing witchcraft, I call that that creative space, the myth. And so in that, in the myth, there is no shape. There is no form. There is no one, two, or three. Therefore, there is no solid as of yet. Another way of looking at that is that's then imagination. That's then not quite imagination, but thought thought. So I want to start a business. That's a thought. You might think, I want to start a business. That's a thought. But if you can't say, I want to start a business and then see that in your third eye, in your imagination, in your creative eye, where it's now taking on sacred geometry, where it's now triangles, squares, rectangles, diamonds, cubes, spheres, you know, it's now taking on. So we go from arithmetic to algebra to trigonometry to geometry, you know, whatever that mathematical order is. And there's a divine science to that that shows up in all creation. One might say it's God's divine law and God can't break his own divine law. And so in sacred geometry is the creation and recreation of thought forms and ideas that then subsequently take on mass. Your six-pointed star, for instance, is the, is the star, the prophet. It's, it's the star of man, earth, water, fire, air, and mind, and or ether. That's your five-pointed star. If it's inverted, it's, it's, it's man operating out of ego, out of flesh, out of balance with nature. If it's upright, it's operating in nature. So you add that one more point to the five-pointed star, you now have a man with a penis or a man or a woman with a clitoris. Geometrically, if you see Leonardo da Vinci doing the circle with the man standing in it, all this science is embedded in that. Everything that I'm saying to you right now is embedded in that. And so that penis, so that clitoris is, is seen as power, power. It's a power symbol. And I dare say that's why the hideous practice of female circumcision happens and is happening. It's not just about removing a woman's pleasure. 
It's not just about removing part of the woman's flesh. It's about removing power. It's about removing power and your, your ability to center power and to feel power. Our sexual energy is a part of our spirit energy. I'm not talking about sexual activity. That's not what I'm, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the energy that rises up in you as a part of that Kundalini is a part of what goes into what fuels that sacred geometry, Nubian sun. So we see one, two, three, and then we see that in molecule science, atomic science, mathematical science, quantum metaphysical science, art science, creation science, and of course, magic, ritual. So we see the triangle and immediately there's a thought form there for you, depending on where your mind is. For the Christian, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You know, from a comedic perspective, God, the sky, or, or consciousness, ourselves, and therefore Ori, <laughs> okay, God who exists on earth, that's man, that's ourselves, man and woman, and then God that exists in the spirit realm. Be it the Holy Ghost, be it spirit, be it the par- participants that exist within the spirit realm, but that is dependent on, contingent on, your programming, your training, your beliefs. So there, there's a way of then reordering that, reprogramming that, that returns you to a indigenous, more organic place. And we can then empower ourselves and other people and our rituals and our work using sacred geometry in really powerful ways. Um, sacred geometry shows up in our crystals and our quartz from the very molecular structural level. And so I, I strongly suggest reading books that explain from a scientific perspective. And it's a little boring to some of us, you know, how the molecules form and come together, how the crystals form and come together, and what the math and the science is behind that. But that is ultimately going to take you deeper into sacred geometry, sacred geometry. And so even if I crash this, you know, bash this now with a hammer and crushed it into many pieces, the sacred geometry will still be present in each piece, just like our DNA holds the coding for our entire body. So sacred geometry holds the coding for the entire universe for the entire world. By way of sacred geometry and math, they're trying to discover the God code. You know, what is the exact mathematical equation for God and for understanding God, uh, and quite frankly, for even connecting with God. They would tell us that they're doing it for AI, that it is also a part of, you know, understanding AI, getting a greater degree of uh, uh, controls as it relates to um, AI, artificial intelligence. For those of you who don't know what AI is, um, AI is, is already 
in our lives and will continue to be a part of our lives. And there are people who have a fear of artificial intelligence taking over humanity or turning on humanity, you know, or harming humanity. So sacred geometry is about math, but it takes math to a three-dimensional, fourth-dimensional, fifth-dimensional, sixth-dimensional, to a much greater degree of understanding than what many of us have. Um, And depending on your age and the generation that you grew up in, the math has changed. What they've taught in terms of math and how that has been presented to us. And, of course, math then affects your earth science, your biology courses, uh, many other things that go into what life is, what reality is. So by way of sacred geometry, um, again, I use this particular crystal uh, because it's so clear, and you can see the the facets and the points, uh, you know, so readily. But you can also see beyond the facets and see where it blurs a little bit, where it, you know, where you look in through one window and out of other, and you see an altered perception, an altered reality of what I'm holding, of what's really here. Some of you can see green. Some of you can't see the green at all. Some of you see red. Some of you can't see the red in this crystal at all. And some of you only see clearness. And, and can't really define the lines that make out the facets here at the top. And so this is a clear physical representation of sacred geometry. Math then showing up as three-dimensional, four-dimensional, creating mass, creating points. We think of something being clear as being invisible or as not quite being there, or as existing in a reality beyond our own reality. We know it's physical. I can drop this. It will chip or it will make noise. We know it's a hard a hard substance, you know, but it exists in a realm of clarity, optical clarity, that one might say is an illusion, but life is an illusion. Humanity is an illusion. And so what's more real is the sacred geometry, beloved. What's more real, Nubian sun, is the math, is the numbers. What goes into the math to to produce a baby? The mother seed, the father seed coming together, the fertilization, the multiplying of molecules, you know, dividing of molecules to create mass, to create life, to create humanity. So sacred geometry is is critical to power. It's not something that we're taught in religion. Religion often focuses on faith, on belief, on morality, on integrity, on how you do things, how things look. But sacred geometry is often present in everything just beyond the surface. And we just can't see it all the time. Sometimes it requires a microscope. Sometimes it requires us going into a, a, another place in our mind, in our consciousness to see. Sacred geometry was something that was taught to me as a part of my initiation 
uh, obviously, um, and, and my crystal instructions, um, God bless Bahala, um, Kermit Ellis, wherever you are right now, because um, I don't know if you're alive or dead, but God bless my master teacher, Kermit Ellis, uh, Bahala, for his instruction on crystal and mineral and stone and math and science, which really led me into a deeper understanding. Uh, some of you may not be aware that the FOI and the um, uh, Nation of Islam also, to some degree, teach and have some exposure to sacred geometry, math, um, science, and how that then shows up uh, in the spirit realm, how that then shows up uh, in our in our world. So sacred geometry, in a way, uh, Nubian sun is everything. Um, and so if you are a degreed individual, you know, a doctor, a biologist, um, to some degree, you, you already have an understanding of how this shows up in a very practical, rational uh, way. But there's then that spirit element, the idea that all things are first created in spirit, create, first created in thought, first created in mind, first created as an illusion. First created as something that we, you know, create and recreate, and and you pencil it out and you erase a few lines and correct, you evolve it and correct. That's sacred geometry taking form, taking shape, and then subsequently, ultimately becoming something that then manifests uh, in our real world. A taste with Tasha. Greetings, Tasha. Greetings, Tasha, beloved Tasha. Tasha, love. I can't say your name without saying love. Tasha, love. Tasha, love. Alafia, thank you so much for being present. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be a part of this live broadcast. So, um, Nubian Sun, um, I hope I've addressed your questions. If you want to get a little bit more specific, um, I'll give you some time, and we'll respond some more to that. Um, I'll probably end the show shortly unless i get some more questions or comments forgive me for not regularly checking in on both uh platforms because i kind of have to switch back and forth between browsers for blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince and that live listening and calling number is 845-277-9143 Eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. Listen, you can still look at me, listen to me, watch me on YouTube. Turn your volume down, and at least one person pick up your phone and call me right now at eight four five two seven seven nine one four three. Just so I know that the phone lines are working. Press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I offer my greetings and salutations. You can share your question, comment, or request. And we can keep this live broadcast moving. 2020 will be very powerful. Some of the things that I talked about in January of 2019 that I said was coming to fruition, that I said was happening, that I said I was going to be doing in terms of acting and performance. 2019 was a great year, a great year in terms of acting and and cultural performance for me. But some of the things that I predicted, some of the things that I said didn't happen. And that does not mean that they aren't still on the table. They, they aren't still formulating. 
that they aren't still coming to fruition. But many of those ideas will come to fruition in 2020 in a very powerful way. And so many of you, too, will also experience this type of empowerment and manifestation going into 2020. Thank you so much, Nubian Sun, as well, for being present and taking time out of your day to be a part of our our live audience and to actively participate with your questions, comments, and requests. Um, I appreciate your new spiritual journey. I am here indeed um, with you and for you uh, for your questions, comments, and requests. Blog Talk Radio Line is busy. Wow. Davida, thank you for letting me know. That means there is indeed a technical issue. Um, yeah, because I'm supposed to be on Blog Talk Radio um, right now. So, wow. I've been talking for a minute. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.